0: We're here at AmFest 2023, and I'm very excited to have our guests that we have today Laura Becker, right? And Ollie London, uh, both here as detransitioners. That's kind of what you guys are talking about. That's the message you're sharing, um, you know, your personal experience. Ollie, you got a book out. Yeah. All right. Okay, show it to the camera. We got a book going on. You guys, uh, I thought you didn't exist. I th- the me doesn't the media say that detransitioners don't exist? You're I thought you weren't real. So are you just illusions right now? I mean, to some extent, yes.
1: But <laughs> but tangibly, you know, there's pros and cons to being alive and being real. Okay, and, uh, we're very inconvenient truth. Uh, ah. that the gender cult does not want to
0: hear. Okay, all right. And so, share. Would you both share a little bit about you know, share. What it was like for you when you were younger and maybe you were feeling out of sorts, out of place, what led you to transition? What made you feel like that was the best option for you?
1: Yeah, so, you know, when I was younger, I was um, 11, age 11, diagnosed on the autism spectrum, uh, de- major depression, anxiety, there was parental abuse. So I just had a lot going on in a short amount of time. Okay. And so by the time I was 15 or so, I started to learn about gender ideology, learn about the concept of transgender non-binary. And being a very creative and intellectually open person, I was thinking like, oh wow, that sounds amazing. It sounds transcendent and liberating. And unfortunately, you know, I was very suicidal and just didn't really have a lot of like support, peer support, or adult mm-hmm. support. Yeah. And so by the time I was 18, I came out as trans in college. 19, I was prescribed testosterone injected uh, weekly. At 20 years old, I had a radical double mastectomy. So these um, are actually some big unnaturals okay. that I'm wearing right now. Okay. <laughs> these are uh, <laughs> these are just pads. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was it was a really traumatic time. Damn. Yeah. And I
0: detransitioned at 22. So this is this has been kind of my question all along it's like if if you're struggling right and if you're feeling lost and things like that why does the medical community then decide that like chopping off body parts is a good idea I, where does this belief come in that change like this radical almost abuse of yourself will make you feel better
2: It's all about money. I mean, if you follow follow the money, it's all of the hospitals and doctors are profiting from this. Okay. Because uh, let's take the example of the United Kingdom, which is where I'm from. We have free health service. Yes. There are no trans surgery procedures for kids. There are no hormones. Puberty blockers are banned under 16s because there's no profit motive. Whereas in the United States, it's all about money. They get kickbacks. Even the gender therapists that will diagnose a kid with gender dysphoria, they're getting kickbacks. They're working together with these hospitals that prescribe the hormones that do these double mastectomies. And we see obviously cases of 15-year-olds in California, Washington State, Oregon, having these surgeries. And the doctors don't care. But when it comes to detransitioners, Medicaid, Medicare, they won't cover the costs of reconstructive surgery for a woman that's had their breasts cut. Um, but it, they'll but they'll pay for you to cut them off. Absolutely. They'll yes. cut it off. No questions okay. asked. Okay. They'll, they'll do that, but there's no support. Is there for detransitions that want to try to rebuild their body parts or try to, there's no psychological support. And also, when you see the statistics, Erica, a 1% detransition rate, that is totally false. These hospitals don't do follow-up studies. They don't check on the patients a year or two down the line. Mm. They don't check... Are they still on hormones? Are they off the hormones? They don't care. They don't want that statistic because it makes them look bad.
0: Wow. So the only statistics they get are if it's like a self-reporter or something like that. Right. Okay. right.
1: It's very biased. And the other thing is they don't they're not only, you know, neglectful of detransitioners after they have detransitioned, they're actually actively hostile because you can go, I've had friends that you go to, you know, back to their same gender clinic and the doctors refuse to see them anymore. (gasps) They have gotten ghost, literally ghosted by their therapists. They are hostile towards detransitioners because these clinicians have a savior complex, whether they're actually arisen to the level of narcissists or psychopaths, which a lot of the surgeons have.
0: Oh yeah. They
1: are still have a sunk cost in their investment is feeling as a liberal as a democrat as a quote-unquote good person yeah. a compassionate person and a detransitioner being harmed hurts their worldview about their wow. profession so they just like completely comp- comp- compartmentalize and just basically like abandon abandon us
0: well that would yeah because then because you are basically um Oh, uh, what's the right uh, uh I call it the canary in the coal mine. Well, yeah, it's almost like you are the evidence that what they believe is not true. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So you're the contrary evidence, and so therefore we oh no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't can't. can't. And that's
2: what and that's why you see they try to shut down detransitioners. You see when someone like Laura speaks out, someone like myself, they'll do everything they can to cancel you. The trans activists will come for you. Yeah. If a detransitioner might be speaking at the university, you'll you'll see hordes and hordes of protesters outside very angry angry and aggressive. They don't want that narrative to be out there because guess what? It pulls apart the narrative that everybody's happy. Everyone that transitions is living in a dreamland. It's not their case. There are thousands and thousands out there. There's a a Reddit forum online which has over 50,000 D transitioners on it. Wow, and nice. that is that is just really one of the only ways of measuring how many people are out there because we know there are many out there but many are obviously scared to speak up because if they speak up they get canceled they, they get hate and many of the people in their friendship circles are trans they're not binary yeah. so it's like a cult you get outcast you get thrown out and they disassociate with you they'll cut you off if you dare speak against their narrative
0: well and one of the things that has been interesting when we've talked because we got to talk to um, uh, oh my gosh Katie what was Katie Anderson who's yeah also a detransitioner and one of the things that we're hearing a lot you mentioned that you also are autistic and so um someone we spoke to said basically you know when you feel like you're part of the out group okay and all you want to do is belong you'll go sometimes we as human beings and i've i've been there too like i I, you know i'm a recovering drug addict like there's certain things in my life i gravitate gravitated towards the wrong people or the wrong beliefs to try to change the way that I felt right so if our sense our need for belonging is so strong that we will forego our own beliefs our own well being I mean that's what it sounds like that is right so it's like I I, I, want to try to belong so I'm going to go do this thing where people are getting you know affirmed and they feel like they belong but then if you try to leave then, you know, they are too afraid to leave. I'm sorry, that was such a long setup of a question. You know, it's, it's, but but it's that's important. what I hear over and over again is this sense of belonging and a fear to leave or a fear to stand up and be yourself.
1: I mean, it's it's it can be definitely as as simple as belonging, and a lot of it. What I what it comes down to, from what I've researched and observed in my own experience, is it comes down to acceptance. Um, can I accept myself? Can I be gay or lesbian? Can I be a tomboy? Can I be effeminate? Can I have these sexual fantasies? Can I, you know? or I'm autistic, Um, you know how do I fit into the grand scheme of the world and when you're younger, especially today, there's such an existential crisis going on, like I really believe that what it comes down to is an existential spiritual void, Mm. not just religious but just spiritual, having some kind of transcendence, for me, transition I'm sure Ali would agree, we were trying to seek a a transcendence of self we were trying to become Mm. our true selves, we were trying to become the highest version of self and so we were on the right path we were trying to get there, but because Mm. Because, you know society has collapsed so much of its values and its organized structures for getting meaning we were seeking something that was actually shallow and meaningless through the cosmetic procedures which I consider you know mastectomy and gender-affirming hormones and such to be cosmetic procedures yeah. not life-saving right um, and so it's a false sense of transcendence that all young people are struggling with today not just like autistics but you know um it's so easy to use the ideology to use wokeness to use um sort of you know anti-racism or whatever it is to try and fill that sense of purpose and a true sense of accomplishment which i've personally found to come instead from just my beliefs to actually what do i do what do i contribute for the for the world the community how am i of service to other people that's what gives me my identity Mm -hmm. not you know these labels and this you know vernacular um, yes. It's very shallow, and it's just—it's tragic that it's being marketed to kids in K through twelve schools, churches, college, obviously academia—that that is the way to gain true meaning, and um, it's just—it's just abusive to these to this generation yeah. coming
0: up. And if you could, if you could share anything with our viewers, with our listeners, or for folks. Uh, young people out there who are questioning their identity, who are confused, what is a piece of advice that you'd like to share with them today?
2: Well, I would just say firstly, don't spend too much time on social media because <laughs> it's very harmful. I personally don't think kids should be on social media because we didn't have this trans trend before TikTok, before Instagram. It is a very modern phenomenon. And why yeah. is that? Because kids want to be accepted. They want likes, they want validation. So we see many of these kids that are transitioning, they're sharing that journey on TikTok. And guess what? They get more followers, they get more likes, they get more praise mm-hmm. and comments. So it really is, if, we, if it boils down to validation and people just want to be different they want to stand out they want to be special if you're a kid that you know feels like a loner at school you don't have friends and you're bullied what better way than transition change your pronouns and suddenly the teacher's treating you nicely even the bullies will be nice to you it's a way to seek validation i think that is the the harmful thing so my advice would be you know try not to Uh, look too much into social media. Don't get absorbed into that Mm. TikTok culture. Don't get your
0: validation from there. Right. It's
2: meaningless. All of these people giving us comments online, you know, most of them we don't know in real life. They say something bad. Don't take it personally. You know, people pushing this... Uh, you know, oh, you need to transition more. You need to do this surgery. Let's get you on hormones. They they don't know you in real life. No, yeah. they're destroying you. Yeah. But you know, just just don't uh, seek that validation online.
0: I lo- that is such good advice. That's one of the things I joke about. I tell people, get a life. Uh, you know, get a life. F- find new friends. Find a hobby. Go do something. Right. We all need that because every human being in the end needs a sense of identity, belonging and purpose. And if we don't get that from God, if we don't get that from our parents or whatever, we're going to find it from somewhere. Um, and so, okay. So now share with everyone where they can follow you. If you got a website, social media, books, give, give them everything.
1: Awesome. So my name is Laura Becker. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Funk God Artist. I also have a shop, the Funk God Emporium. That's funkgod.shop where you can buy, you know, funky but also based like anti woke merch and home decor. Um, and then I'll also plug the documentary. Turning Point USA is releasing a documentary very shortly um, that I'm featured in called Identity Crisis, all about this gender stuff. All right. Fantastic.
2: And for me, I'm so I'm an author of Gender so people can check out the book on Amazon.com it's on audible as well fantastic. and uh, for Twitter I speak a lot about these issues about D trans issues about uh, the gender ideology how that's seeping into society so it's Ollie London TV on Twitter and London Ollie on Instagram as well
0: all right fantastic now before we go would you tell me about your dog tags
2: Yes. So I was actually just in Israel a few days ago and um, I felt it was very important to shed a light on what these people went through. 1,200 people lost their lives. And I was very saddened that not many people were sticking up for the Jewish people. I'm not yeah. Jewish myself, I'm Christian, but I was horrified at the response of influencers. that you have. TikTok is pushing this trend where, you know, it's cool to be pro Hamas. It's cool to support people that rape women and kill babies. So uh, for me, it was important to go there on the ground and the families actually of the host actually gave this to me and I'm wearing it every day to draw attention to their plight. There's still 129 hostages. Wow. It's not looking good at the moment. They're still finding, they're finding dead bodies of hostages every day and yeah. including um, Kafar Bibas who is 11 months old. He was nine months old taking captivity. He is still in captivity. Hamas said he was dead. They said his mum was dead. They blamed Israel. It's It's not been confirmed. Nothing's been verified. They're using this kind of propaganda and the majority of people are falling for it. They're yeah. thinking, oh look, the hostages are smiling when they're being released. Guess what? They're forced to do that. Yeah, you see the Hamas forcing them. They've already murdered half of their families. You know what are they supposed to do? So it's I'm trying to draw attention to that. I think it's a very important issue. I
0: love that you mm. guys are both working so hard to bring truth uh, to the internet because, as we know, uh, so much junk and nonsense is on there, and so we need more voices fighting back, standing up for the innocent. And so I just want to say thank you both uh, for putting yourselves on the line, for being willing to take those slings and arrows for folks so that they know that they have a place to go and that they that there are really people out there who love them and care about them uh, in, in all sincerity. So thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Right. Bless you too. All right. Bye guys.